Welcome to Gospel and Grit. We invite you to the front lines of the gospel where our Overland missionaries are pioneering to remote peoples. Our goal is to empower you to grab the gospel and get the grit to do whatever it takes to fulfill your calling in Christ. Welcome back to Gospel and Grit. Uh, I am very, very honored this morning to be joined by uh, Dr. Mark Spitzbergen and a dear, dear and very honored friend, a man I look up to in the things of God and uh, for his incredible ministry and his depth of knowledge in the word. Uh, So good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing great. We just had an amazing revival week. That is awesome. Holy Spirit move, incredible ways. So many people touched and now we're going to go wreck nations. I'm excited. Amen. <laughs> yeah, well, the Lord's promised us that every time we want to move to God, we can have one. So I decided I wanted one all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word. That's good enough for the podcast right there. Um, I love it. I love it. So I have a, a profound, deep theological question for you this morning. Okay. Mark, I would love to hear you explain what is the gospel. Okay, I will. I'd be happy to do that. It is the proclamation of the faith of Jesus Christ, uh, which results in a transformation of anyone Mm -hmm. who's willing to believe. And that results in a new creation. Uh, And a new creation is this wonderful, miraculous thing that God has done to where we now have become one with them because he's made us like him. Mm -hmm. He's reproduced Jesus. Jesus said, Alyssa... Uh, a grain of seed fall into the ground, it abides alone. But if it dies, it shall bring forth much fruit. And we're the fruit of Jesus. Mm. And so the gospel is a privilege to go tell everybody, today is the day of deliverance. You know, I love how uh, the Lord Jesus said specifically to the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm sending you to the nations to turn them from, uh, to turn them from light from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, mm. so that they may have forgiveness of sin, and that they may be able to receive this inheritance and gift of holiness with everyone who believes. And that's just really it. So the gospel is, is the deliverance. Jesus said, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say poor or meek or just, and we do it in general because obviously the sower went forth to sow and he sowed indiscriminately. Yeah, so we're not right. looking for just a particular, particular type of people. We just recognize that that there are people who are hungry for God, that yeah. they don't even know how to express that. And now we get to come and bring them the great news of deliverance. Moses brought deli- uh, the news of deliverance. Your captivity is over. Amen. The days of your captivity are over. That's the message. Mm-hmm. And it's not just you're coming out of prison or you're coming out of, of a tyranny of the Satan, which is just would be good enough. But the Lord says, you're coming out of this tyranny or you're coming out of this darkness and I'm going to make you one with me. I'm going to give you everything that I possess. And that's just God's love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much to say there, but I want, <laughs> I want you to ask me questions and prompt me in any way because I could go through a list and, and I, I just jotting down something, some things here this morning, just uh, in anticipation of this. And it, it's the power of God unto salvation yeah. uh, because there is salvation, no other name. We have the only means by which people can be liberated from their captivity, mm-hmm. from their bondage. We, and then we're filled with the same love uh, of God that Father had for Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, for the world, and sent Christ Jesus in that context of love. 
And then, of course, the redemptive act that took place there is that same kind of love is filling us. And we want to see people liberated. And really, it's liberation. And it's liberation to bring us into a place, not to leave us as we were, Mm -hmm. but to bring change. So, you know, Paul encapsulizes the gospel in so many ways. And in preaching the gospel, one of the profound ways is that ministry of reconciliation so that you can come into the ministry of righteousness and so much of this has been lost fundamentally fundamentally it's 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 the gospel being proclaimed to say to everyone you're going to become something of the spirit something brand new something that's everything bit acceptable and holy to God, and you don't want to miss out on this. You get to go and be translated. You get to come into the kingdom of God being translated from the kingdom of this world. So you got all of these wonderful things. It's only mm-hmm. it's only by the Spirit of the Lord that a person can be born again. That's the that's fundamental to preaching the gospel. Yeah. So the, the dimensions of this, no matter how I list it, if I go through all of these things, it's a totality of the message of the new creation. Everything old passed away. Everything now is brand new. It's, the, as I said, the ministry of righteousness that does not just declare someone righteous. It makes us righteous. Yeah. The, the yeah. ability to serve God um, and righteousness and true holiness because we've been recreated in righteousness and true holiness. So it's really this 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 katalege in the Greek, this reconciliation that is a change. It's bringing people far more than this concept of hope. It's bringing them a confident expectation of who God is and his, and his desperate love for them and the proof of it. Because when Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, what did he do? Yeah. He was healing the sick. He was casting out devils. Every area of need of where Satan had oppressed, had made men to be something different physically or spiritually than what God intended. He reversed all of that. He changed. He broke off the yoke. He destroyed it. Because preaching the gospel is not only declaring uh, the gospel to the poor, Mm. but it's healing the broken in heart. It's it's uh, proclaiming deliverance to the captives. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's re- the recovery of sight to the blind. Mm. Um, you know this this wonderful privilege of uh, bringing liberty to everyone that that is bruised or yeah. as you know just as you would read in uh, Isaiah sixty one two sixty one one and two. It's literally the opening of the prison doors to those that are bound. Bound. Yeah. So the gospel is setting people free. Yeah. It's setting people free to live in the very life of God. Yeah. So if I had to try to summarize it, that's it. And that's only possible by the name of Jesus yeah. Christ and the work uh, that God, the Holy Spirit, accomplishes in our life because of that name, mm-hmm. the authority of his name, that nothing can stop. No governments, no power mm-hmm. of hell, no principality. Mm-hmm. Don't have to get too... Uh, worked up about it because he's already absolutely defeated death, destroyed yeah. the power of darkness. And here we are. We yeah. get to just go around, tell people how good God is. Yeah. I think the importance of what you're stressing here is the now. Yeah. Not just the future. You'll right. get to go to heaven someday. Right. But there's a very real... It's heaven now. Heaven now. It's heaven now because we have the Holy Spirit now. Yeah. It's heaven now because we have Jesus, the King of heaven now. Yeah. We've been, it's heaven now because we've been translated from the kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of the dear son. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's said in Colossians 1.13 by the preacher who received firsthand from Jesus how to preach the gospel. And look at how he, this was the message to declare. This is the power he was given. You have the power. To turn people from darkness to light. So my dear friends in, in China preach the gospel very different than we do. Oh, yeah. They look at a person in the eyes and say, you need to fall down and repent right now. Yeah. 
so that your life can be delivered from all the hell that you're in. And the power of God is so on them. They don't ask people, do you want to be saved? They tell people, repent right now, not need to, you repent. And this, that's what Jesus did. He went about telling everybody, repent. He didn't ask them if they want to be saved. He said, repent. And so here we've got our brethren in China that didn't get indoctrinated the way maybe we got indoctrinated. And so they said, well, we're going to do it just like Jesus. And so the closer that we do it to just like Jesus did it, the more Jesus results we're going to get. But we have to work through a a lot of indoctrination. You know, Paul says in Romans 15, 19, I have fully preached the gospel. So he gives us that definition, which Mm. harkens back to exactly what you're going to read over and over again, starting in Matthew chapter four, about how Jesus preached the gospel is very redundant. And uh, he just saying, once again, he goes about healing the sick, delivering people from the powers of darkness. And Paul says, I fully preach the gospel with mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so that it's like probably every time you've ever heard me preach, if at least uh, one service is going to be dedicated to it, and you're going to hear me all the time referring to this such the essential need for us as God's children as God's people Mm. to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire because there's no way that we can preach the gospel like Jesus did unless we receive the same anointing that he received. And that anointing is what we refer to as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so what happens is people try to preach the gospel without that empowerment that makes, uh, gives us the ability to declare who he is Mm -hmm. and his resurrection power. So I fully preach the gospel. <laughs> How? What is the gospel? The gospel is absolute tra- deliverance and transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. And to fully preach it, the Lord wants us literally bring heaven into earth. Yeah. And so he's privileged us to live in heaven, to be seated together <laughs> with him in heaven. So I said, oh, that's positional. No, it's not. Mm. It's an experience. So I said, well, you're not actually there. Well, I may not physically actually be there yet. Mm. And that would be the only not yet. But I am there because Christ is here. Christ Jesus is here inside of me and I'm inside of him. This oneness message, which sets the parameters for the good news. It's massive. It's huge. Yeah. That divine cohabitation. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We are his habitation. (laughs) We are his temple. We are in him. He is in us. We have stepped into what Jesus said in John 14, 23. Mm. If we just simply obey him, then the the, the, the Lord Jesus is going to come and manifest himself to us. And that the Father is going to come, that Father and, of course, Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit, if you take 17 all the way to 23, mm. they're going to come and make their dwelling in us. Mm. That's heaven. How can you not have heaven? <laughs> when heaven's come to you, I mean, that's not in, that's not positional. That's yeah. not imputed. That is absolutely an experience that is imparted on the inside of us. So many people out there want to go out and declare to people, oh, this is just going to be, you know, imputed to you. It's just going to be, you know, declared to you, but you're going to have to wait till later. No, 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 no. When God moves in, you got him now. He's, yeah. it, today is the day. It's now. It's a now salvation. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. So... You have many years in the faith. Uh, God has blessed us with you. Um, And if you were sitting down with a a brand new guy who's saying, I want to be a missionary. I want to go and and do the work of the Lord, be an ambassador. 
what advice would you give them? To get I would better? say the first thing I would say to them is what the Apostle Paul said to the disciples at Ephesus. I would ask them, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy <laughs> yeah, Spirit yet? Right. And he said it that way. He didn't say baptized. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? But he did also hearken back to the message of John, mm-hmm. which Jesus also hearkened back to in, in Acts 1.5. Mm-hmm. The last two, the, you know, the, really the last two things that Jesus said to the church is you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this yeah. is my ministry and I'm going to do this for you, for you because this is what's going to qualify you to be witnesses. So we have Peter and James and John and all the boys that were eight and, you know, the 12, it would be the 11 then and the 70 others also who had great endowment of, of power under the ministry of Jesus and saw the dead raised and everything else. And they understood this is how Jesus preaches gospel. He goes in to town, heals everybody sick and everybody diseased in there before he does an altar call. Mm-hmm. Hello. So, you know, that, 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 really kind of contradictory, a lot of Pentecostal message. Well, you got to get saved first. No, Jesus went in and he preached this gospel of, of deliverance, deliverance yeah. from sickness, deliverance from disease, showing the love of God, delivering people at the point of their need. And says, you cannot to them be my witnesses until this first happens, yeah. till you receive the Holy Spirit. Just think about it. That's what happened. That's the first thing that they needed at Samaria. Well, that's the first thing they needed to st- at the, the beginning, uh, the apostles and the church and Acts 2. That's the first thing that they needed in Samaria after that they had believed and were baptized. And it was the first thing that they needed at, at Cornelius's house while, uh, you know, Peter yet spake, the Holy Spirit came <laughs> upon them, right. you know. Yeah. It's the first thing that Paul's going to address. And it's going to first thing I'm going to say to people, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and and if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is unique from salvation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as it is presented, like I said, yeah. you know, in Acts chapter 18, then this is why it's got to, it's just essential for you to be that witness, to be that missionary. Otherwise, you're going to go, really, you're going to go misrepresent them. And I know people hate to hear that. Okay, but you're going to go misrepresent them. You're going to go and tell people about something that you yourself don't have yet. Yeah. And so they're going to be looking at you a little bit cross, especially after they read a couple of verses of Scripture, and they're going to uh-huh. go, why haven't you been doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Absolutely. So how, you pursue that. You you grab a hold of the promise. That's Whatever it takes. That, yeah. No, that's it. You need to be in the right environment. you got to be around people who aren't basically – uh, believing something different than what the Bible says, but they're going to emphasize what God has emphasized, what Jesus emphasized, what Paul emphasized, what Peter emphasized, what John emphasized, yeah. what the Church of Jerusalem emphasized, that what the Book of Acts is all about. And that that you know, there wasn't like, okay, now you're saved, go to Bible school, prepare, you know, do a bunch of study. Jesus picked a bunch of guys who are totally <laughs> into fishing, okay, yeah. <laughs> usually and and doing things that by and large didn't have them sitting in uh, the Shiva studying, he didn't go to the Pharisees, he didn't go to the folks, you know, the scribes that were the smart people that could quote the entire Bible. He went to those who were going to let God, the Holy Spirit, take over. Yeah. And does that mean that we don't need to study the word and prepare ourselves so that we have we understand the message? No, we need to understand the message before we run. Yeah. We can't be the runner that says, oh, I want to run to, I want to run yeah. to, but he doesn't have a message, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who had the message is already gone, but the other guy's faster. Well, what is he, he's going to outrun him? He's going to get there. He said, "Yeah, you know, the guy's coming with the message." You know, so that doesn't need to be a missionary. No, no. And I, I think that's the key: is you need the Holy Spirit to understand what you're reading, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so he, because Holy Spirit makes it a living, he makes it alive. Mm-hmm. He's the one who always brings into manifestation the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. So we can delight in the word of God. He gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He shows us how to operate in this wonderful realm of faith of Jesus Christ. 
Because I mean, to tell you right now, without the faith of Jesus Christ and the operation of the Holy Spirit that brings that faith to us, nobody's going to get saved. Not really, because mm. that is a great miracle. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. God. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I want to uh, one of the phrases that's often used in Pentecostalism is being drunk in the Spirit. Right. And a lot of people question that. Yeah. Yeah. It's on flimsy ground, okay? Yeah. Um, actually, drunkenness in the Old Testament is a sign of judgment mm. and carrying, you know, they stagger like drunken men because of the judgment of God that came upon them. But what happened was, that, you know, of course, in the book of Acts, there was a bunch of folks standing around that were mocking. You know, there was there was a group of people that were that had the ability to receive a miracle from the Lord in that crowd, and they heard them declaring the wonderful works of God as these this language of the Spirit, this Joel's new kind of prophecy that he mm -hmm. declared was taking place. But the others that weren't receiving what God had to give, the miracle that was available, stood there mocking, said, these men are drunk okay peter said no we're not drunk and that's an important thing to underline for all you guys out there okay we're not, not drunk. drunk and yeah. so when we say we're drunk and we're drinking we're supposed to be drinking of the water of life okay yeah. <laughs> and yeah he turned the water into wine praise god and he is that first fruits of the vine yeah. that's who jesus is and so that we could be a first fruits in his likeness but the bottom line of it is you know that is actually a misnomer it's inappropriate and and do do we look a bit you know beside ourselves yes we are beside ourselves and and that's what Paul described. He says, we're beside ourselves, but for your sake, we're sober. So actually, it's more appropriate for us to say, we're beside ourselves. We're over here learning how to operate in another realm. Because, you know, I've had the Spirit of the Lord move in me, and I try my very best not to draw attention to myself and act normal and as much as I possibly can. But sometimes, <laughs> many times, the power of God rushing through you is more than your body can handle. You kind of jerk around and you tremble. Yeah. And sometimes you stagger because it's hard to keep balance because you're just not operating in a physical realm. You're operating more than in this in this supernatural realm. Mm. And um, I can't explain it all. I just know that I have these things going on in my life and, the, and, and that are similar to things you read in the Old Testament and yeah. where the power of God came on them so, so strong that they couldn't even stand. They just collapsed, <laughs> fell down yeah. like Daniel, just out, you know? And then so we're, a lot of times when we're ministering, we're somewhere between, you know, that everyday normal physical uh, state and being completely knocked out under the power of God. <laughs> yeah. And I love that what comes through that is just the love and the joy of Christ. Like it's so yeah. evident in those, in those atmospheres. Yeah, it is. It is. Because the joy of Christ, of, of the Lord is so imperative to what we do. Oh yeah. I feel like and I, it's so I, tangible too. Yeah. I feel like a, every missionary I've met that is kind of burned out, they just haven't tapped into that joy of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I had I had a, a bunch of preachers have me come to uh, Assemblies of God uh, Pastors Leaders meeting in Papua New Guinea, and there's over 2,000 people. They are preachers, senior pastors, and they wanted me to come minister on burnout. I said, I don't even have to come. I can tell you how not to burn out. <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord shall not burn out. Mm. And then understanding really what it means to wait upon the Lord. And that is, as you're saying, mm. the joy, letting the Holy Ghost minister to us, his joy, his love, his peace, his fulfillment. When you're so fulfilled as he fulfills us, you don't do need to do anything. Mm. You have no more need. You have no more need. Yeah. And now you're just under this mandate of, and constrained by the love of God to go do what we do. Not out of ambition. Not out of selfish motivation. Because we've got everything we need. Mm. We filled up. I love just sitting on your teachings. I'm <laughs> 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 about to like pull things out of people. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> I love it. Hmm. Well, I tell you. 
anybody who has a tr- troubles understanding the full package of the gospel. Well, for, first, first, let me just say this. The full package of salvation has a problem understanding the full package of the gospel. Okay. And we, we must first be partakers of the fruit. No man has anything unless he first receives it from heaven. Yeah. And... And when you look at all that the Lord wants us to have, I mean, when you think about this wonderful privilege to becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus, mm. to in every way be everything that is holy and acceptable before God so that we can walk before in his presence and behold him face to face with no shame, with no guilt, with no condemnation, but just total acceptance where he looks at us with the same kind of acceptance and, and the same kind of regard as he does his only begotten son, Jesus. The one whose eyes are purer than to behold evil, who, if he interacted with anything that was anything less than his holiness, would be a con- would, would violate his holiness. Yeah. Yet he accepts us just as he is. So yeah. that Jesus says, as he is right now, as he is, yeah. not as he was, but as he is, Ooh. the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who's, you know, has authority over all power, all principality, not only in this world, but in the world to come. And now we get to be just as he is, so are we now in this world. And when we miss out on this wonderful liberty, this wonderful freedom in Christ Jesus, this wonderful abundance or extraordinary life, this heavenly life of the Spirit, then we're missing out on the on the gospel. We're missing out on it for ourselves. So how are then, if we are, are, are not don't understand if we haven't experienced it how then are we going to really preach the gospel that we haven't experienced cool. to a lost and dying world we're, we're going to maybe actually going be going and stuffing some emptiness within our own lives mm-hmm. actually being involved in some kind of works program to somehow feel acceptable to god yeah. and all the time actually be doing those things contrary to faith contrary to mm-hmm. honoring and glorifying the name of jesus our position must be, you know, as Paul said, Lord, fulfill the good pleasure of your goodness in my life with the work of faith and power so that you may be glorified in me and I may be glorified in you. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be glorified in Jesus. Consult in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 12. It should be just right, the hallmark of our life. And we've got to understand that we're just not going to be able to have these things in our life without this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is when the moment that you receive the gift of salvation, the moment that you are made a new creation, the moment that you are reconciled, changed by the exchange, no moment that your life is ended by the miracle of salvation and now only Jesus lives, the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you with all of heaven's power yeah. and all of heaven's glory. And then that makes us a legitimate representation to go and say, this is what the gospel is because we're supposed to be the signpost of it. We're supposed to be the living pistols of it. We're supposed to be demonstrating this less men's faith, being men and not in God. This is the way, this is the gospel that Jesus preached, that Paul preached. This is what the scripture tells us that is essential to have to preach the gospel because we are literally supposed to be doing something that goes beyond just words. Mm -hmm. It has to be the demonstration of this new life in God. Heaven come to her and say, this is what God created men to be. This is what we're really supposed to be. Look at me. Look on us. Mm -hmm. Peter said, look on us. 
because you go to the mission field, you've got a lot of people like the man sitting at the gate called Beautiful, mm -hmm. okay, who's uh, desiring alms mm -hmm. to get through another day. But Peter says, silver and gold have we none. This is not going to be your answer anyways. Yeah. Silver and gold have we none. We're certainly not depending upon it if we have any. Okay. <laughs> Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we give to you. Yeah. This is the gospel. Yeah. We give to you what we have received from Christ Jesus. Yeah. Rise up and walk. Take your bed. Rise up and walk. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, which is by the faith of Jesus, through the faith of Jesus, through the faith that is in his name. Mm -hmm. That's the gospel. Glorifying, revealing Jesus. That's the gospel. Yeah. What's the importance of your devotion to holiness? Oh, um, well, it's essential. <laughs> he's made us holy to perfect holiness in the fear of God. Okay. He's made us absolutely holy. He's given us the gift of holiness so that we can be holy just as he is holy. Yeah. And so reality of it is the more consecrated you are to holiness, which is simply obedience because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah to living in the holies of holies, to living in this communion relationship with God, and which I do even when I'm snowboarding, even when I'm surfing, even when I'm horseback riding, uh -huh. even when I'm sitting down watching, you know, one of those old Westerns on TVs, which of course, you know, the Pentecostal holiness movement would have frowned at every one of those things I just said, but they were missing it. Yeah. They were spending too much time in legalism. So I'm talking about holiness without any legalism, oh. holiness as a lifestyle mm. in the spirit of holiness, who is the Holy Spirit. And so that really is obedience, that consecration uh, to being obedient to God's way causes me to become that much more yielded to the Holy Spirit because he's the one who's going to do all these things. It's, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit brings to us into our life the action and activity of the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he's doing right now, what he wants right now, yeah. that he's ca called us to go and demonstrate as he sits in the highest seat of authority. So nothing can get in our way. But if we're not obeying, we're not going to learn yieldedness. If we're not obeying, we're not going to learn to hear his voice, to be moved by his inspirations to be moved by, by the heart and desire of, of the mind of Christ. Because all that the Holy Spirit is doing is glorifying Jesus and revealing what Jesus is doing and all that Jesus is doing and all that the Father has. And if we're not giving ourselves to obedience to God, to, which is holiness, which is walking in that relationship of holiness to say, I'm not going to be involved in lasciviousness yeah. and adultery and, and have all these kinds of things going on in my mind that belong to a demonic, sin cursed world i've been delivered from that why should i go back to it yeah. and so th that really is it's just a consecration of living here in this you know wonderful realm of heaven being manifested in my life yeah. and that's then where i now mature and i grow and i develop um as a, even as a newborn child, as that person is just now thinking about, listen, I've just given my life to the Lord. I want to serve the Lord full time. Listen, you get to grow in grace. And that isn't saying like, oh, you're going to get to grow because God's going to be long suffering and patient. No, you get to grow in grace. In other words, going to be all this divine power that's going to empower you to grow, to grow into what? The fullness of the measure, the maturity, the ministry of Jesus. And the more I'm willing to give a listening ear to the Holy Spirit, which is simple obedience to the word, the more I'm going to be able to move with him and his will and his purpose and his power is going to be manifested through my life. Amen. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Uh, Pastor Mark, always enjoy every conversation I have with you. Uh, 
for those out there, uh, there are a lot of you have a lot of resources available, freely available for the most part, uh, on your website. Yeah, yeah. Abiding place. Yeah, it's www.abidingplace.com or .org actually. It's org. .org yeah. Abidingplace.org, and really, it was all about Acts. Uh, forgive me, John chapter fifteen. If you abide in me, yeah, that means you can't see you no more. You're in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And my word about abides in you. That means all you do is process based upon what God says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then whatsoever you ask, I'll do it. You know, we're going to live in the fullness of everything he has for us. So that's that's how you can remember abiding place. Uh, <laughs> abide in me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I encourage everyone to go check that out. Um, come to AMT. Come to Revival Week. Oh, you, let, just let me say this. Uh, you know, Phil and Sharon and all you guys, you are my number one ministry go-to missions place we share the same like precious faith as it was once delivered unto the saints Mm. and you don't know how big of a uh, blessing overland missions is to me simply because you guys are preaching the gospel of salvation you know it's like paul i mean it's like um phil referred to the other night of one of the uh uh Guys who knew the Apostle John Clement, mm-hmm. and he's and he kind of summarized Paul's whole message, uh, and that he went throughout all the world preaching righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that is this that's it. Thank you, Overland Missions. <laughs> Appreciate that. It's great to be in partnership and together yeah. in the kingdom of God. Amen. Love you, man. Love you awesome. too. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gospel and Grit. All of us here at Overland Missions would like you to know that we believe in you, that there's a place for you in our organization. Your first step towards changing nations is to visit overlandmissions.com. 